So the title is simply Be a Daniel in this generation. Amen. Be a Daniel in this generation. Who was Daniel? Daniel was a little kid, a teenager, among other Jews who were captured by the Babylonians and taken into captivity. There were several people, many people, possibly thousands and millions, no Jews that were taken to Babylon. But there were some of them, because of the excellent spirit in them, because of the knowledge and wisdom that God had endowed them with, they were selected to serve in the king's palace in Babylon. So let's read from Daniel chapter 1. Verse 4 says, Children in whom was no blemish, but were favored, and skillful in all wisdom, and cunning in knowledge and understanding, science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine, and he drank, which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Verse 6, chapter 1. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Nazariah, unto whom the prince of the Eudons gave names, for he gave a different name to Daniel, name, Bethesheser, etc., etc. But, verse 8 says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Wherefore, he requested of the prince of the union that he might not defile himself. Amen. Daniel, this is a youth, this is a teenager. You know, among many others, he said, as for me, oh, please, you know, I know you, the king has good intentions for us. For three years, they are going to treat us, give us special treat, feed us on special diet, and uh, so that we'll be, you know, good looking. But please, because of what I believe, I don't want to partake of the king's meat and drink. Because we Jews, we don't take pork, for example, we don't eat certain kind of food. So please, excuse me and excuse us, because you had the strength there too. They made special appeal to the eunuch who was taking care of them, that he be placed on some kind of special diet which was vegetables. The man was afraid because if at the end of three years these people they don't look plump and they don't look so good and presentable to the king, he might lose his job or even be killed for it. Nevertheless, Daniel knew the implication of all this. He took a risk, a risk of faith. He said, based on my faith, I'm not going to defy myself. He resolved, he 
purpose inside that he will not defile himself. Amen. As we look to the uh, story of Daniel, we look at ourselves today and the present day challenges that we have. Whether if we are faced with similar circumstances, we can take a stand for God like Daniel did. That's really the challenge of what I want to talk about. Daniel was there with the other tribal children, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Daniel had an excellent spirit like we've seen already, and because of that he distinguished himself. So when there was a problem in the palace, the king had a dream, and he forgot the dream, and he said, oh, why you? we have all these uh, astrologers, we have the wise men all around me, what are they here for? I pay them, why are they here? If they cannot tell me the meaning of this dream now. So a challenge like that came to Daniel, he was among them. So he threatened to kill all the astrologers, all the people that were uh, his special advisors as regards those uh, mysterious things. But they could not. He said there is no way they could interpret it. They, there's no way they could recall the dream and interpret it. What they had, they had not been told. So it was a great challenge. You know what that Daniel did? Daniel took it as a challenge, personal challenge. He went to God in prayer and asked God, Lord, you are the Lord who reveals all secrets. You created all human beings, created heavens and the earth. Is this thing too difficult for you? Please reveal to me. Did God fail Daniel? No. God gave him the dream and had this dream to tell Daniel Nebuchadnezzar. And because of that, he became recognized and distinguished among all the people that were in the king's palace. Amen. That first challenge that came to Daniel, you know, he asked for special diet when they were to be fed with special meal from the palace. You know, he said, prove me for 10 days and see if we will not look good. That was a challenge to God. This Daniel was a man of faith, a young boy, we'll call him at that time, a young man of faith. We too can have faith in times like this, amen, because they are, these are troublous times. Daniel didn't have any pastor talking to him or advising him or praying for him or counseling him. But he remembered the word of the Lord that he had been taught along with the other children. And he said, for that reason, I'm not going to defy myself. If we make up our mind that we are not going to defy ourselves, no matter the office we are in, no matter the situation, no matter the circumstances surrounding us, like Daniel, God will vindicate you in Jesus' name. So Daniel had challenges, even though he was not recognized by the king and was made, you know, a special person. He was, he was, he was elevated. People were not happy with him. Some people would say, ah, this Daniel, you know, is uh, excelling among us. It's always excelling among us. How, how can we catch him? How can we trap him? They thought of many ways how they would set trap to catch Daniel. We find that, is it that he lied? Can we go and tell the kid this man lied? Impossible. Daniel will not forfeit him. He took another man's wife? No, impossible. He stole? No. They thought and thought and thought. How can we incriminate Daniel? 
Then they forced, they, they, they convinced the king to make a decree that nobody should pray for a period of 30 days. Nobody should pray to any god. Can you imagine that? That was an unholy decree. But we are told that Daniel, as usual, went to prayer, not minding what will happen. He still prayed as he often did. Praise the Lord. When he did that one, yeah, they caught him indeed. They caught Daniel in that. He said, yes, the king, didn't you make a decree that nobody should pray to any other god? But look at this man. Look at this young man. He's, he's praying. He prayed loud as usual, just in his usual way. If we were to be faced with a similar circumstance, would we pray to God? Would we worship God again? These are the various challenges before us at this time, because the times are very perilous. New laws, new decrees are being made everywhere, you know, restricting Christianity, Christian religion. Imagine in India what is happening. This is a place where a revival broke forth. And, you know, when the enemy saw that children of God, they were multiplying, they decided not to clamp down on them. So all over the world, there are various challenges that children of God are facing at this time. May we stand for God in the name of Jesus. May we not compromise in the name of Jesus. In this an age where people compromise a lot because of what is happening all over. But the Bible says we should be different from the world. We should not conform to this world, but we should be separate. Amen. Yeah, if we don't conform to this world, then we should conform to the image of his dear son, Jesus Christ. If we don't conform to this world, in this world we hate us, and that is why we'll be persecuted. In fact, the Bible says that it's compulsory for every Christian to face persecution. Second Timothy chapter 3, in verse 10. That when we follow God, when we obey Him, people of the world they are bound to hate us. They hated Daniel and they persecuted him. And what happened is that he was thrown into the lion's den. Did God vindicate Daniel? Yes, He did. God saw Daniel through. Lions became friends with Daniel. That's how God delivered him. They thought the lion would just eat up Daniel. But lions played with Daniel and he came out on home. Amen. Yeah. Yes. When you are facing these challenges, God is looking for a way to see you through. Whatever child that is facing you today or you are facing, the Lord will see you through in the name of Jesus Christ. So long as you put your mind in the Lord, you put your trust in the Lord, resolve not to compromise with the world system. Because there is so much evil around us. When we look at the world, we see discouragement, we see distress, we see sin of all description. We are not to compromise, but we are to hold on to God's unchanging hand. Daniel's friends also, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were similarly tried. Because these enemies of faith, they also saw that these children, they, they feared God like Daniel, and they plotted against them. Already Daniel was exalted at this time, was elevated in governmental position. In fact, Daniel served under Nebuchadnezzar. He served under the son Belshazzar. He served 
under Darius and Cyrus of the Middle Persian Empire at that time. You know, that's a Christian, became vice president. President or vice president was, in fact, he excelled above the other presidents. Amen. Yes. So he faced challenges and the three children, the same thing. There was an image raised up. And they said, they caused again the king at that time to decree that anybody who would not worship that image should be killed. The tribal children, they resolved in their heart that they were not going to serve any image. They were not going to bow down to any image. Amen. Let's read it. It said that they made very great confession that come what may, they were not going to bow down to the golden image. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Verse 17, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fairy furnace. And he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. Verse 18. But if not, be known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. See, another great confession made by the three Hebrew children. They were faithful to God, just like Daniel. He said, you set up a golden image, and our religion forbids that we should worship any other idol. God is a jealous God. He doesn't want us to start idols and other deities. So we are not going to bow down to this, your image. Think about that. That was a great challenge. And that the penalty will be that they'll be thrown into a fairy furnace that'll be heated up seven times. They knew this. He first told the king, King, we honor you, we respect you, but in this matter, we are not going to answer thee. That was one. That God will deliver them. They believe that God will deliver them. That God can deliver them, and God will deliver them. Thirdly, they said to the king, nevertheless, even if God does not deliver us, we are still not going to bow down to worship this golden image that has set up. What a determination. All over the world now there's craze for this uh, microchip. We, all, we already know about Maxisis in Revelation chapter 13, how that at the end, when the Antichrist will have come, it will cause men and women young and old to take a mark their forehead or in their hands. And we see this microchip, something looking very much like that because of the place they have identified that it is either here or in the hand that this thing is good at. That microchip is just like a grain of rice that they implant into people. They are already doing it in companies. Suppose it now comes to your company and they say you have to do it here or there. Would you remember the scriptures? Please read Revelation chapter 13. Now at the end there we are told 
that the number of the Antichrist is 666. And this is exactly the position, either hand or forehead. These are the challenges before us. Why? Because it's, now, it's not compulsory yet. But a time will come where the Antichrist will say it's compulsory. Without that, you cannot buy and you cannot sell. What will you do? What will I do? These are the challenges before us. In fact, these are perilous times where every Christian should be very, very serious. If we ever be serious with God before, it is now. If we ever know God before, it is now. There are many people who claim they are Christians and going to church and all that, but in their heart of hearts, they are not. Because they pretend to be Christians inside the church, outside, on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, to Saturday, they live a different lifestyle. That's not it. That's not Christianity. God will always give us grace to live this life wherever we are in our workplace, in our communities, without missing mark in the name of Jesus. But we have to determine. That determination has to be there. If you don't determine, oh, anything can happen. God has a saying that if you cannot stand for anything, then you will fall for anything. Do you mind Christian principles that you have been taught, your parents have taught you, and you have been taught by the men of God in the house of God? You know, these principles, they are not, they, they are to be obeyed. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So many of us are very complacent. We don't care about our lifestyle, whether we live in obedience to the word of God or not. And of course, there are some kind of erroneous teaching that because we are saved by grace, grace covers us. Our past sins, our present sins, our future sins. Once saved, always saved. That's erroneous. That's wrong doctrine. That's false doctrine. But people are many people, more teachers are living with that understanding today. They live careless lives. But it ought not to be so with us in the name of Jesus. So glue unto God and God will hold on to you. He will never fail you and he will never disappoint you in the name of Jesus. Let's see we can learn from Daniel. One, that look, if you have a, a, a strong conviction in your faith, like Daniel, it will often lead you to long time respect. In the case of Daniel, he never vied for any position in government. In the government, he was not so much involved in politics as to say, "Oh, I want to be this, I want to be that." It was his gift, the gift of interpreting dreams. He was a prophet also. All this one distinguished him with a, a godly character. That's what eventually led, uh, eventually led to his elevation in the government position. Amen. You can be what you dream to be, but fear God and let God direct your footsteps in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't wait until you are in a very tight position or top position before you start to pray. As a Christian, learn to be a prayer warrior. You know, the concept of a prayer group in churches is so much, you know, that there are some people who always pray to God at special times and all that. Every Christian should aim at being a, a prayer warrior. Amen. Amen. Pray for yourself. Pray for your families. Pray for your nation. Pray for brethren who are being persecuted here and there. In Hebrews chapter 13 verse 3, we are told that we should be empathic with our brethren who are being tortured, who are being imprisoned, as if we are in the same place with them. We should remember them always in prayer like we did this morning. Amen. 
We should do that from time to time. Amen. So let us be prayerful. Let us be a prayer warrior. Daniel was prayerful. Anything that confronted him, you go and report it to God in the secrecy of prayer, and God will give you revelation. So if you want to be a Daniel in your generation, learn to pray. Daniel was a great intercessor. Amen? He knew prophetically from reading the books of uh, Jeremiah that the Jews who spent 70 years in captivity. Meanwhile, it was the 69th year in captivity. Remember, he had been a captive. He was taken from, you know, Israel and now to Babylon with other Jews. On his own, without consulting with anybody, he started to pray for his nation. In Daniel chapter 9, we'll read that. We're not going to read a lot of scriptures today. Daniel chapter 9. He started to seek God in prayer, 21 days fasting, and at the end, God gave him revelation, not just for that time, but even to the end time. There are still some of Daniel's uh, prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled. One of them is, you know, the, 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 the man of sin, the Antichrist, the rising of the Antichrist. I will sit in the temple of God and uh, he will desecrate the temple. That one is prophetic. To any time now, the temple can be built. They got everything ready. They have taught the people, the priests, that will minister in the temple. It's just for permission to build that temple. So anytime now, when somebody comes and he makes peace with the Israelites and the, and the Arabs, for them to rebuild that temple, you know that the, 70th, the 70th week of Daniel is about to start or has started. Amen. Because the Antichrist will not just come and say, I'm Antichrist, I'm Antichrist. But one thing with this guy as a man of peace, we talk so much about peace, bringing all nations together, bringing all religions together, forming one world religion and one world government. That looks good to the people because of the problems in the world. Different problems, nations indebted and warfare and, uh, you know, so many things are happening that nations, they don't even know where to go anymore. They are looking for any man who can give them answer. And somebody comes, say, yes, I promise you peace. And he's able to actually do this. They will respect him, not knowing that it's the Antichrist in making. We are told in the midst of Daniel's 70th week, to break that covenant, and all those people he deceived, he will not punish them. Amen. Yeah, but our expectation is that when Jesus comes, he will take us home in the translation. That's our own. We are not here to face the Antichrist. So we will be here when the Antichrist will be dishing out that man. That's my prayer. There are problems, there are crises, there are tribulations that are happening already now. That is a prelude to that time of the great tribulation. Otherwise called the time of Jacob's trouble. The time the world has never seen. We have ever seen warfare before, we have ever seen earthquake before. It's not going to be compared with what will happen at that time. No wonder Jesus told us that we should pray so that we'll be accounted worthy to escape all those things that are coming upon the world. They will surely come, but not for us. Amen. So in the meantime, we have challenges that we face every day. The Bible says in the midst of all this, we should look up our redemption drawing nigh. 
men start to be feeling there for fear now. Look at since that great sign, you know, that happened September 2012. Though many people, uh, some Christians were speculating, oh, the end of the world, the rapture day, this and that. I know many of us were not moved because of what we have been taught. Amen. Praise the Lord. We will not know the dates, but we will know the season of time of Christ coming. And this is the season. Communities are just climaxing now. Signs and wonders. You have uh, people who use Holy Ghost Plus. In that way, they go extra mile to get power from the devil to perform signs and wonders. Many people are being deceived. Many people are agents of the devil, but they are there. They present themselves as a sheep in wolves' clothing. That's not our portion in Jesus' name. So in the midst of all this and the sin that is so much in the world, sin has now been legalized in various ways. You know, teenage pregnant, uh, you know, uh, talk about a homosexual practice is here in America and all over the world and is going to spread more. Talk about lesbianism or sodomy, anything sodomy. The sins of Sodom, are, they are very much here in America and all over the world. In fact, if God judges America and the whole world today, who think God is unjust? Because he has warned and warned and warned and warned, but who don't listen? So it behooves us, we who are Christians, to really be different from the world. We cannot just, you know, when we talk about praying, there are so many people who are praying actually. But are we really obeying God? Do we really fear God? Are we not say part of the problem in the society we pray against? That's the challenge. Daniel did not count himself up. He prayed to God and God intervened and gave him revelation. When we are praying for Nigeria, for example, praying for Africa, praying for other nations, praying for America, we should make sure we are not part of the problem because it's a religious thing to pray. Non-Christians pray and even fast too. But Christians, though we should live a life that is impeccable in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Let's read Philippians chapter 2, verse 15. We are told what we need to do when there's so much evil. Today, good is called evil. And evil is called good. That is exactly what is happening. Find that reference in Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20. But I want to zero on Philippians 2 verse 15. Verse 14 says, Do all things without murmuring. Talking to Christians like you and me, not just to pastors or prophets. No, Christians like you and me, believers. Do all things without murmuring and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless. The sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom he shine as light in the world. Holding for the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have no wrong in vain, neither evil in vain. Amen. The prayer of every man of God is that the people who hear, who hear, who listen to the messages, they will live in accordance with the word of God. Yes, that's is preached. So Apostle Paul was praying here in the Philippians. He said that we should be blameless and harmless. 
be blameless, be harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom he shine as light. Ordinarily, we we'll say, is that possible? When there is so much evil in America, can we really distance ourselves from the lifestyle of the typical American? Is it possible? Is it possible? Yes. It is possible. If not, God would have told us that we should live, you know, we should live, be blameless and harmless. To be blameless. Be perfect, for your heavenly Father is perfect. There are some of us who explain it away. Oh, it's not possible to be perfect. Who is perfect? Who is perfect? But God said, be perfect. Jesus Christ lived on earth as a man, true man and true God. Was he not perfect? There was no guy found in him, no deceit, no sin found in him. Even uh, in his young age, when he was baptized, you know, God testified, the Father testified, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. There was no sin. If there were sin in his life, that testimony wouldn't have been there. During the month of transfiguration, in the month of transfiguration, the father also said this of the son, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And of course we know the Bible testified that Jesus Christ lived a sinless and blameless life. It is possible. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is to enable us to live holy lives. Apart from empowering us to enable us to live overcoming Christian lives. Amen. So don't be sin conscious, but trust in the Holy Spirit and you find yourself just living to please God without really knowing that, oh, you are keeping God's commandments. It's not a mechanical thing. Holy Spirit helps us. He helps us even to keep the word of God at this time. Amen. Before I will round up, I want to tell you about excess luggage. Hebrews chapter 12. We are told 12 verse 1. Let's read it. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Making reference to Hebrews 11. All those heroes and heroines of faith. Wherefore, seeing we also are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run the race with patience that is before us. Looking unto Jesus, the order and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. Yes, yeah, Jesus Christ was tried. He faced temptation, but he overcame. So we too have various temptations and tribulations today. We should overcome and come as spotless. In another passage, we are told that Christ is coming for a bride that is spotless, without blemish, without wrinkle, or any such thing. In Ephesians. We are told that. So we should be ready to live blameless and holy lives. Holy Spirit has been given to us to live holy lives. The, in the Old Testament, before Jesus came, they were given many laws to keep. Thou shalt do this, thou shalt not do that, thou shalt do this, thou shalt not do that. But they didn't have the power 
you know, to overcome or to live in obedience to God at that time. That's what makes a difference. So the grace of God makes it possible for us to overcome sin today. Amen. So there are weights that are dragging us down. That possibly at rapture time, you know, instead of going up, will be weighed down. May that not be your portion in Jesus' name. So this weight is what we want to talk about briefly before we round up. Let us lay aside. You know these weights. We're going to talk about some of the weights from the scriptures. Then you examine yourself. In fact, a time like this is time of self-examination. Apart from just praying, praying, praying for God's intervention, we need to examine ourselves and see whether we are living in accordance with God's word. Because in the last day, when judgment comes, God will astray you. Everything you have done will be brought. Just like you can see the screen. You know, and you see yourself doing all those things. But if you, if you confess them, it's a different thing anyway. That's why we should learn to confess our sins. When we offend God, offend our neighbor, we should get it right immediately. Amen. First John chapter 1 verse 9 there's that provision. But some people take things for granted. They sweep sins under carpet, under the rug. See, after some time, after some time he will forget. After some time she will forget. Without repenting. So if you are indulging such thing, please know it. Don't take the grace of God for granted. If it's your brother, your sister, you have hurt someone or you are hurting, please learn to repent and apologize. Have a conscious void of offense towards God and towards man. This is how you can live a holy life by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, what are these ways? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 10. We'll see some of the ways, some secret things that we have that we must get rid of so that this one will not weigh us down on the day of translation because there's going to be a supernatural intervention may we, you know the Lord grant you say anything that goes up will come down but at the rapture what goes up will not come down again, amen, amen. Jesus Christ did it and similarly is going to do it for us when the time comes but sin sin is like negative while the other force pulling us up is positive but sin can drag us down. If we don't take heed of ourselves, sin can drag us down and we'll miss the mark. But that's not my prayer. May we all make it in Jesus' name. First Corinthians chapter 6, 9 to 10. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? He's talking to Christians already. Because there are Christians who claim they are righteous because of imputed righteousness, but they live unrighteously. We should repent of all such things. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor peace nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. This was Paul speaking to the Corinthian Christians. 
We are Christians in Phoenix, Phoenician Christians. So listen to this. Be not deceived, don't be deceived, that fornicators of whatever type. God allows sex in marriage. When you are married, you are duly licensed to enjoy sex with your partner. Beside that, outside of that, sex is a sin if you don't know it. Because today they call it different days, call it fun, call it uh, anything. But sin remains sin. If you are not married and you go out with unbelievers and sleep with them, boys or girls, that living in sin is not allowed by the word of God. Adulterers who can commit adultery in various ways, no, not even physically now, but you find that if you dress lustfully to entice the opposite sex, does the Bible don't say you have committed adultery in your heart already? That's the Bible, the word of God. So it's very plain that you can be adulterous whereas we have not physically slept with a woman, another man's wife, and vice versa. So we should be careful the way we will present ourselves. Because some people, they serve as trust, as agents. They give themselves as agents, seducers of the opposite sex. It ought not to be so. Live holy and blameless lives. The effeminate, who are the effeminates? The effeminate, these are the sodomites, male prostitutes. They are also called the catamites. You know, the effeminates, or abusers of themselves with mankind, homosexuals. These ones will not inherit the kingdom of God. If there's anybody who's a homosexual that you know and say it's a Christian, that person has to repent. You have to point out scripture to that person that the person should repent in case the person does not know. But many times they know and they dodge in these things. This, the covetous, to covet your neighbor's good or your neighbor's wife and do something. Take advantage of your neighbor's wife, those kind of things. Like David did, he committed that sin, he repented of it anyway, and he paid for it too. He repented of it, but he paid for it too. So, we should take it that will not be victims in Jesus' name. The reviler, the extortioner, the drunkard, drinking alcohol. If you have read uh, the testimony of Brad Frisbee, you know, you find that. Taking a little alcohol no, can entice you to take much more. Don't take, say, oh, it's just one third of a cup. Let me just taste it. If my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. That's what the word of God says through Proverbs. My son, my daughter, if sinners entice thee with drink, with drug, consent thou not. Amen. I was saved from cigarette smoking early in my life because of the counsel of my mother. My mother told me, look, as I go to play with these other little children, when they tell you to smoke, please don't smoke. It is bad. At that time, they were practicing rolling up a piece of paper and just in a village setting, you know, light it up, practice smoking before they graduate to the other ones. So, when I see my friend, each time I saw my friend doing that, oh, I remember my mother's command. Amen? That thing kept me. Ah, I said, no, no. My mother said I shouldn't. My mother said I should There's a great responsibility we have as parents to instruct our children. 
Because when they go to school, they teach them different things. It doesn't matter. God did not create the world. We came through evolution. They teach them that. But you have to sit them down and teach them the correct thing. Amen. There's a great responsibility. You have to teach them. They watch things. They watch pornography. You know, things that can lead them to sin. You have to instruct them. Amen. My son, sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Also in Revelation chapter 21 verse 8. Those who not make the kingdom of God, these are the things they do. But we are aspiring for the kingdom and also the rapture. So we should take extra heed to ourselves. Revelation 21 verse 8. But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, and murderers, is it through abortions? Murders can be committed through abortions. And warmongers and sorcerers who are go after strange gods and idols and idolaters. Some people have made idols of their phones. Phones. This phone that we have. Some people have become so addicted to it that they don't have time to pray anymore. If that describes you, please repent of it. Amen. The Lord help us in Jesus' name. Phone is very good, but it could be very bad. It could be very bad if misused spiritually and physically. Verse 8, 21, that's Revelation 21, verse 8. But the fearful, those who are fearful to take a stand for Christ in your workplace, in your community, wherever you may be, you are ashamed of Christ or you are afraid to take a stand for Christ. The fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burned with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. This is not our portion at all. But if you find yourself doing any of these things, you need to repent. That's the implication of it. Be a Daniel in your generation. Single out yourself to be close to God, to be loyal to God, and God will draw close to you. Draw near to God, and God will draw near unto you. We find uh, something similar in Revelation 22. Revelation chapter 22, verse 15. Those who will not be in the kingdom of God. At least you know these things. You learn to take heed so that you will not be victims. Holy Spirit will help you to overcome in Jesus' name. Verse 15 says, For without, and without the city, that is uh, the new Jerusalem, for without our dogs, Dogs, this is used in a symbolic sense here now. Dogs represent male prostitutes, the homosexual, the calamites. For without our dogs and sorcerers, those who practice witchcraft. Suppose say they are white witches, black witch, yellow witch, red witch. A witch is a witch. Yes, a witch will not enter the kingdom of God. Even though time is given today, even if they are known and they confess that they are witches and nobody kills them, at the last day, they will not enter the new Jerusalem. Amen? Time to purge ourselves. Many people, they want to be rich, so they get into cultism, they get to the uncourt, and by the time they have this fear of witchcraft and all that, they make money, they think that's the end of the world. Ought not to be. The sorcerers, the warmongers, 
They are murderers and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie, these ones will not be there in the holy city. Brothers and sisters, we have seen some of the ways. One thing I must not forget is keeping malice, because many of us are good at this. Keeping malice. Somebody offends you, and uh, the next thing you regard that person as an enemy. You want that person to fall down and die. Pray the person die to die so that only you will live. Learn to forgive people who offend you. I've had challenges. I have people. I had a fellow pastor who borrowed money from me. I didn't have so much money this way back in Nigeria. I didn't have so much money. I didn't even have the money that he needed to borrow. Therefore, I borrowed the money and borrowed him. Very unwise of me. Many people will do that innocently today, even here, because you have mind of compassion. I did that. Oh, because he gave me a very lofty promise that look, within seven days or so, they're going to pay. I had connection with the local government there and all. And uh, he promised that I will even get some, some profit from it. So I borrowed the money and gave him. Seven days passed, didn't hear from him. I was not the one asking him, reminding him, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening? Sometimes you take offense, you won't answer me, you won't communicate with me. Eventually, I had to get a lawyer, you know, to get, to write him, just to tell him how serious it was because the interest was not accruing on the debt. I, I didn't owe, I, I, I borrowed it to borrow somebody, that kind of thing. It's what we have that we give. We should learn from it, mistake of others. So today, I have learned from that, and I will tell people just like I'm telling you now, so that you also learn from it. It's what you have, you give. Amen. Yeah, because this man, I promised someone, just tomorrow, just tomorrow. Man proposes, you know, but when God says otherwise, you know, you can't help matters. So this guy did not pay me, and when I got a lawyer to write him, he took it seriously. But I gone through the due process. I told fellow minister to tell to tell him, appeal to him to pay me, didn't it? And all. Eventually, I was able to get part of that money. Then the other one was hanging. Ordinarily, I would regard that guy as an enemy. But when I started to hear messages about forgiveness and all that, I started to forgive him. To just forgive him, forgive the debt, and forgive. And now pray for him. Amen. It hurt me. There are people who have borrowed money from you like that, and they refuse to pay you back. It hurts. The wicked borrow it and pay it not again. That's what the Bible says. But here's a man of God who did that. That kind of thing. So things like this do happen. And you tend to make enemies out of all these people who hurt you. But the Bible says we should forgive. If we do not forgive, God will not forgive us for our various trespasses that we trespass against him today. So we should learn to discharge such people. When we forgive them, God will also forgive us when we call unto him. The Lord help us in Jesus' name. In rounding up, I want to say we should hide under the protection of the Lord God Almighty. I said when she was praying, she referred to Psalm 91. That's like a, a promise for the present time, in time of distress. We will not read everything, but we will just read some part of it. When times are hard like this, when there is so much evil, so much uncertainty, so much calamity is happening to the nation. God is speaking to the nation. The, God wants people to repent. That's the reason why. 
God is speaking through nature, through storms, hurricanes, and earthquakes, for man to repent. We children of God, much more than the others, we should repent and turn from our wicked ways. Amen. In the midst of all this, we should not be afraid because God does not intend that this thing should destroy us. He will preserve us blameless unto his coming in the name of Jesus Christ. Spirit, soul, and body. Because he has us in mind. We are the bride that is preparing and takes delight in us. He doesn't want us to fall victim of circumstances or victims of earthquakes and hurricanes and all that. So what we need to do is to hide under the rock. In Psalm 91, we are told that he had in the secret place of the Most High. See what will happen. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. Amen. Yeah, from various storms and things. And from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers. Because God is lucky like a like a bird now covers his cheeks, her cheeks under the feathers. That's how God will defend us whenever there's any emergency in Jesus' name. Yeah. Say, so he shall cover thee with his feather under his wings, shall thou trust. His trust shall be thy sheep and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, so much terror. Nor for the arrow that fly by day, whether it be missiles, whatever it is. You know, shall not come nigh you. Nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasted at no day. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Please make this psalm your companion as you travel and as you go to various places and circumstances because of the evils that determine upon the nation because of their sins. That evil is not for you at all. So God has promised that I will shield you from them all in Jesus' name. Say, with only with thy eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high the habitation. Amen. Amen. There shall no evil before thee, neither shall any plague come before thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. He shall bear thee up in their hand, let thou dash thy foot against his stones. Amen. They are the end. Say, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. May the Lord grant every one of us long life to serve him in Jesus' name. We shall not die but live and declare the words of the living God. When God has delivered from an accident, just know. Why did God deliver me? But many people have perished now. There's a secret. There's a reason. Because God wants to use you. That's why you can also confess Psalm 118, verse 17. I shall not die, but live and do what? Declare the words of the living God. Psalm 118, verse 17. Amen. May the Lord preserve you blameless spirit, soul, and body unto his coming in the name of Jesus Christ. In all this, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you, let us be like a Daniel in our generation. Daniel stood for his faith, even though the parents were not there, the spiritual leaders and fathers were not there, 
but it still, still remember the word of God. The word of God has been planted into your spirit. Let the Holy Ghost keep you and keep you blameless from every defilement, from every abomination in the land in the name of Jesus Christ. So that you'll be presented blameless at Christ's coming in the name of Jesus. And because of the evils that are happening here and there, there's so much uncertainty. Men start to feel them for fear. Remember the promises in Psalm 91. They are for you. They are for your divine protection, for your healing, for your health, and deliverance from every kind of evil in Jesus' name. Now, before we pray, is there anybody you know in your heart you have not given your life to Christ? It's not enough to go to church. Say, I go to church. It's not enough to say, I'm a Christian. When you don't obey God, you don't fear God, you claim you're a Christian, but you live contrary when you know you are not in the church ought not to be please if there's any kind aspect of hypocrisy in your life repent of it even now if you want to give your life to christ for the first time right now bow down your head and rededicate your heart to god say lord i am a sinner have mercy upon me forgive me i don't just want to be a churchgoer i don't just want to be religious i really want to be a christian lord I don't want to have a mask on my face, but I want to be real, I want to be realistic, I want to be really Christian. Ask God for this mercy today, he will help you in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you. For anyone, O oh Lord, one or two, who have not given their life to, to you, O oh Lord, I pray, O oh Lord, as they repent of their sin, as they confess the Lordship of Jesus Christ over their life, forgive them, Lord, cleanse them from every unrighteousness. And make them Christians, able Christians, overcoming Christians in the name of Jesus. Especially at a time such as this. Fellow brothers and sisters who face problems, Lord, help them, O oh Lord. Those who have been persecuted one way or the other, give them grace to overcome in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, faithful God. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. God bless your heart. Somebody give us a song. We're going to have breaking of bread, and then uh, after that, we take our offering. Somebody give us a song, please.
announcement interludes. Sister Chinei Esoro, Sister in love to Sister Rosemary. Is it to Rosemary? Yes. There's baby dedication and thanksgiving this coming Sunday, next Sunday. This Sunday that's coming. And there's going to be refreshment at the end. Please come early and be prepared for a great entertainment. God bless you. We are going to another session right now. Let's open our Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The breaking of bread. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I receive of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he so took the cup when he had sought, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord death till he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep, that is, they die. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Amen. So, here's the time for us to judge ourselves. Reason that we are Christians already, our past sins before we knew the Lord, already forgiven. Forgiving and forgotten. But the sins we commit now, we need to repent of them. That's why we need to apologize to our neighbors when we offend them and tell God we are sorry for the sin we commit against you so that we can have pardon. Each time you find you sin like that, always repent. Don't sweep it under the rug. Amen. So at this time, we need to just look inside, look inwards, and see where we have offended our neighbor, offended our Go and repent. Repent of it. So that we partake worthily. So is it time for everyone to bow down your head? Just talk to God. Is there anybody who has made an enemy? Forgive them. Forgive them. Pray for them. Pray for them that despitefully use you.
possible to do it in your heart. Lean it with your heart and put it to action. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you, Lord, for the supreme sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. You gave your life for us, that we might have, Lord, life divine. We thank you, you suffered for us. You did not die by mistake. You did not die accidentally. You saw it ahead, and you went all the way to Calvary to die for us. Your body was broken for us. They whipped you, O oh Lord, so that we might receive healing for our bodies. We thank you for this supreme sacrifice. Even as we pray now, Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we appreciate you for what you did for us on the cross of Calvary. Your body was broken for us, for our healing. Lord, your blood was shed for us, for our redemption. We hallow your name as we partake of this bread. We ask that you bless this bread and let it nurture us. Let it bring healing to our bodies in the name of Jesus Christ. Even as we remember what you did for us, O oh Lord, 2,000 years ago. Thank you, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. We can have some piano music, cool music going on while we are partaking.